Here we'll continue our look into Rails 3 and specifically unobtrusive JavaScript. Now unobtrusive JavaScript is a way to separate out the JavaScript code from the HTML document so you're not placing JavaScript code directly in line. Now before I dive into Rails, let me first show you what unobtrusive JavaScript looks like in a simple HTML document. So here I have a link here that just says click here, click it, and it executes some JavaScript code to display an alert message. So let's take a look at the source of this page. As you can see here, it's just a very simple HTML static document that we just have a simple link here. And inside of here, we have an onclick attribute which just executes some JavaScript code saying an alert message, hello world. Now, this is not unobtrusive JavaScript because we're, just, we're handling the JavaScript inline directly in our HTML. Now, why is this bad? Well, I like to think of it like this. You may recall back in the 90s, we used to have this font tag for styling everything inside of our HTML document. We didn't have CSS. And when CSS came along, we started tossing all the styles in external files, and that really helped separate concerns and keep the styling out of the structure of our website, which really helps remove duplication and keeps things organized. Well, it's the same way here with JavaScript. So here, if we scatter JavaScript all throughout our HTML document, it's not very well organized, and also is subject to duplication. It's also harder to override and, and uh, refactor. And uh, if you're trying to swap out your framework or something, it's harder to work with that as well. So it's just a lot nicer if your JavaScript is all contained in separate files and not directly in line in your HTML document. Now the question is, how do we take this JavaScript code and move it outside of our link tag here and into a separate JavaScript file? Well, I'm going to use jQuery here, so I'll just include a script source here. And I'll just use the jQuery from Google APIs. And also, I'll just place a script tag in line up here, but just imagine it's likely in a separate JavaScript document. I'll just place it here for convenience and we'll add some uh, function in here and this is what will get executed when our dom is fully loaded inside of jquery and then inside of here what i want to do is add a click event to our anchor tag here so we'll need to add an id i'll just call it alert and then we can grab a hold of that alert anchor tag and add a little click event onto here so that what we place inside this anonymous function here will be triggered whenever the user clicks the link. And so here we can add any kind of JavaScript code we want, such as hello world, alert message, and then uh, return false so that it doesn't fall through to the href and execute that. So now we can reload this again in our browser, click it, and then it displays that alert message. So it's still working, but it's using unobtrusive JavaScript here. Now I will admit this simple example here doesn't really show off the benefits of unobtrusive JavaScript because we've taken you know a simple snippet of JavaScript and added five or six lines here. So it doesn't really prove that unobtrusive JavaScript is better here, but it's just showing how to do it and how to compare it. Uh, the benefits of unobtrusive JavaScript don't really come into play until you become, you know, adding quite a bit more JavaScript code because then you have the organization of it having it all in a separate file and removing duplication and so on. Now one common problem with this approach is that this JavaScript is usually located in a static file. So how do you insert any kind of dynamic server-side content into your JavaScript before you could just do it all in line? 
Well, in HTML5, you can add some custom attributes. So notice this is an HTML5 document here by the doc type. And we can add any kind of attributes we want used by prefixing it by data dash. And we can say data message. And let's say we want to change the message of the hello world alert here, saying hello UJS. And then we can just get the attribute from our anchor tag here, saying uh, the data message attribute. And that should work. So just reload here, and now this says hello UJS, because this is uh, looking at the attribute off of the HTML tag. So Rails 3 will use these custom data attributes quite a bit throughout its unobtrusive JavaScript approach because it needs to communicate additional information to the JavaScript. So let's see how this applies to an actual Rails 3 application. Here I have a store e-commerce site where I have multiple products. I can search for products. I can view them and destroy them. Hey, wait, our destroy link doesn't seem to be working. And this is actually a common problem with Rails 3 apps. If you're just setting them up or transitioning from a Rails 2 app, you may find some JavaScript type things don't work. If you take a look at our view here, you can see that we have pretty standard stuff here. We have our destroy link a confirmation option, which will display a confirmation dialog box when the user clicks it and a method as delete option, so it'll be submitted as a delete request instead of a normal get request, which a link defaults to. But what's really interesting is the actual HTML source that this line generates. Now if we take a look at that here, we can see here's our destroy link, and before in Rails 2 it would generate a bunch of inline JavaScript to handle the confirmation dialog box and generating a little form to handle a put or delete request inside of it. And it was kind of a big mess right here. But now notice that we're dealing with little data attributes here with HTML5. Data confirm, are you sure? And data method, delete. So those are just mapped directly onto here and there's no JavaScript in line. And if we take a look at our head of our document here, notice there's no JavaScript files being loaded in, so there's no JavaScript code here at all. It's just submitting this link as a simple GET request in our browser because uh, nothing is telling it to do otherwise. So to get this working, we need to do two things inside of our application layout file here. One thing is to do JavaScript include tag defaults inside of our uh, head tag here. Another thing is to add a meta tag, a CSRF meta tag, and just use that helper method here, CSRF meta tag helper method, and that will output meta tags uh, for the authenticity token, which is necessary to submit delete requests and so on. So now if we reload the page here and look at our source, you can see we have all of our necessary JavaScript files and our CSRF authenticity token parameter here, which is necessary for preventing cross-site request forgery so that uh, the delete and put and post request are surely coming from this user and not uh, through another site or hacker. And if we try deleting the product here, you can see that it successfully executes the JavaScript. I won't delete this product here, but it is working. Next, let's do something fun and just see how we can add some Ajax to this application. So I want to change the search functionality so that it happens by Ajax, because right now it just happens over a normal HTTP GET request. So here's what the view for that product's index action looks like, and I'm just basically applying episode number 37 where I show you how to add a simple search form here. 
So in earlier versions of Rails, the way I would get this to work over Ajax is use a helper method called form remote tag. And that way it just happens remotely through JavaScript. And this would generate a bunch of inline JavaScript, which we no longer want. Now, in fact, a lot of these remote helper methods are no longer available inside of Rails 3. Now, to get these methods back, you can install the prototype legacy helper plugin uh, in Rails 3, but I really recommend against this and just upgrading it to the new Rails 3 approach, which I'll show here. So we don't want to use this form remote tag helper. Instead, we want to just pass in remote equals true as a parameter into our form tag. And this works across many different helper methods, such as link to, button to, and form for, and so on. Anything that had a remote alternative in Rails 2 now just passes in remote parameter in Rails 3. Now we can reload the page here and check out our source. And now you can see our form tag is basically exactly the same, except we have this new data remote attribute being added. And there's no inline JavaScript being inserted into here. This is just going to tell our JavaScript, our actual rails.js file up here, that this should be considered um, a remote request and go over Ajax. So now all we have to do is handle this Ajax request. And notice we have a div id equals products tag here, so that we'll just update this div inside of our Ajax request. So our form, our remote form, is getting submitted to the products path, which will go to our products index action. And what we want to do is actually just add a new template view here under our products view, and let's call it index.js.erb. So this will be a new JavaScript file. And in here we can write any kind of JavaScript we want and it will be executed when it's returned. So we could just take our products div and then call update on that because we're in prototype here. And uh, let's just have it fill in that with the new found products. And so we can um, escape JavaScript and then just render out our products which were found in our controller action. And that's it, it'll just replace the products div with the rendered out partial contents for all those products. So we can give this a try, do a search here, and it performs the search through Ajax. Notice the URL doesn't change. So as you can see, Ajax is just as easy to do unobtrusively through Rails using the simple remote as true option, and then just passing whatever, returning whatever JavaScript you want to be executed from the server. Now I want to do one more little trick here, and that is swapping out our framework, because right now we're using prototype, which comes default inside of Rails. So what if we want to use jQuery instead? So we can just remove the defaults and swap out that with the uh, jQuery from Google. And this isn't quite enough yet, because we still need to have an alternative to the rails.js file that was provided uh, for handling um, the unobtrusive JavaScript that's specific to Rails. And so we need to have a jQuery version of that. Now you can find an official version of that under the jQuery UJS project, which I'll link to in the show notes. Just go into the source here and there's a rails.js file which you can use inside your project instead of the uh, default prototype one. Now I've already downloaded this and placed it inside of my JavaScripts directory. I'm calling it uh, jQuery.Rails.js uh, just to set it apart from the prototype one. And so this will handle all the unobtrusive JavaScript for you in Rails. And then we just have to translate whatever JavaScript code we wrote, such as this products index action here for handling the Ajax. Um, so we'll just have it work with jQuery like this. 
and we can give the jQuery version a try, reloading our page here, and our search still works, destroying still works, so all of our JavaScript is working unobtrusively, but now through jQuery, and it was quite easy to do. I want to finish up with one more thing here, and that is, uh, if the user doesn't have JavaScript enabled, well, the Ajax search form here will degrade gracefully. It'll just fall back to the normal HTML request version. However, destroying uh, products won't, and this applies to uh, the older versions of Rails as well, but it's a common problem in that because HTML links can't uh, submit a simple delete request, you can't destroy products through links without some JavaScript. One solution is to use button to instead of link to, and that will work without uh, JavaScript enabled as well because it just uses a traditional form button. But that can be pretty ugly, so I prefer to stick to links. Instead, I prefer the technique I showed back in episode number 77 called destroying without JavaScript, which will just display a separate confirmation page with a form on it if the user doesn't have JavaScript uh, enabled. So check that episode out if you do need to support browsers without JavaScript. And that finishes off this episode on unobtrusive JavaScript with Rails 3. I hope you like it.